0: Listening to the weekly sermon from Antioch East Baptist Church located in Magnolia, Arkansas. For more information about our faith and local congregation, visit AntiochEast.com. Turn if you would to 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter Chapter 1 and verse 12. For this reason, I shall not be negligent to remind you always of these things, though you know and are established in the present truth. Yes, I think it is right, as long as I am in this tent, to stir you up by reminding you, knowing that shortly I must put off my tent." just as our Lord Jesus Christ showed me. Moreover, I will be careful, I will be careful to ensure that you always have a reminder of these things after my decease. The title of my message this morning is simply remember this. Peter in these verses, what he's saying is, he said, I've preached to you. He says, matter of fact, I've preached to you the same things over and over again. He said, and guess what? If I stay here very much longer, I'm going to keep reminding you of these things. I have reminded you what I said. I'm going to remind you what I said. And when I die, I have put in place men that will keep reminding you of what I reminded you because that's what Jesus did to me. That's, that's basically what Peter is saying in these verses. Someone has said God gives us memories that we might have roses in December. Science tells us that the human brain contains the memory of every event our five senses have experienced from our conception on. The problem is, for me anyway, is finding the file that I put them in the mental file. Amen. Anybody with me on that? Some events in our life are so terrific and so surprising or so horrific that we remember them all of our lives daily. Matter of fact, sometimes the plagues of our day is that daily reminder of some event that occurred in our life. But when the Bible speaks of remembering, it's not always of just uh, it's not always speaking of sweet or sour thoughts that we've had in the past but sometimes it refers to remembering something and taking action on it when i would be smart with my parents with my mom in particular and i'd i'd smart off or disobey or do something that she didn't like and if she was in a good mood that day she wouldn't reach for the switch but she'd say this she'd say i'll remember that anybody have any parents that did that to you i'm gonna remember that now what did that mean i don't know but uh, i knew it wasn't good i didn't want her to remember that it means you're going to regret that. That's what it means. When the thief on the cross asked Jesus, Remember me when thou comest into thy kingdom, he was not wanting Jesus to have sweet thoughts about him. He wanted him to have consideration and mercy on him. Remember me. We say that to people, Remember me. We mean, Remember me in prayer, Remember me in your kindness. But David said in Psalms 39, three, as we read him mean, as, as Greg led us in reading, I love this verse. My heart was hot within me. Now the context is, is uh, different, but uh, uh, that's okay. It means the same thing. If you're happy, if you're sad, if you're mad, if you're glad, it means the same thing. My heart was ha- hot or my heart was happy or my heart was mad. He particularly was a little bit angry in these verses. My heart was heavy and hot within me. While I was musing, now young people, young people and maybe even the adults here, let me explain to you, I love that word, amen, musing. I love the word musing, M-U-S-I-N-G, what is that? It's the opposite of a-musing. See, we, we love to go to the amusement park. We want to be amused. I enjoy being amused. I try to be amusing every once in a while, every once in a while, just every once in a while. And <laughs> what does that mean? What does the word I uh, mean? Well, what does uh, atheist mean? It means no God, theist means God. Ah uh, is that prefix which means no or none. We use it in many words, but here it, 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 with this word, when you put A in front of muse, it means know something. What does musing mean? It means to think or to meditate or to study. So when you go out and party or whatever, and I, I just, I'm just assuming you'll go to good parties. When you go to a movie or when you go to play a Mexican train with your friends. Or, or, or when you uh, listen to a good comedian, a uh, clean comedian. Uh, yes, we do, brother. We are wanting to not think. I hate these movies that try to teach you lessons. I don't watch movies to, be, to learn. I watch movies to get away from it. Amen? To lose myself a little bit, to have a break from having to know what reality is. Amen? You don't have to tell me what reality is. I live it every day. And so sometimes I just want to be amused. I don't want to have to think. The problem is we do too much of that. We, get, we like it so much that's all we want to do, be amused. Well, God tells us we ought to muse. We ought to think. We ought to study on. It means to meditate, to think, to study. And why is Peter here? And that's what Peter says. I'm going to remind you to think about these things. You should muse on these things. And he goes on to say, you read that later, that uh, he does that. But, well, let's look, look at it. Look, because these are awesome verses. Look at verse 16. It says, for, here's what I'm going to remind you keep reminding you the things I'm telling you about. But by the way, the things he was telling him, of course, was the Word of God, and the Gospel. For we did not follow cunning devices, fables, when we made known to you the power of the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ, but where, where now listen, we were eyewitnesses of his majesty. Now, Peter's giving a, an account of something that happened in his life, and we read about it in the Gospels. Uh, uh, where was it? Coming of the Lord Jesus Christ, but we're eyewitnesses of his majesty, for he received from God the Father honor and and glory! When such a voice came to him from the excellent glory, "This is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased." And we heard this voice, which came from heaven, when we were with him on the holy mountain. Now, what's he, re- re- he is recur- he is recounting uh, the Mount of Transfiguration when they saw Jesus in his glorified state, and wanted to build three temples. And they saw who was Elijah and Moses, and it was awesome. He said, "We saw." Man, it was awesome. But then, listen to what he says, uh, uh, verse 19, and so we have the prophetic word confirmed. Now, I don't like how the New King James puts this. I like the King James, how it puts it. We have a more sure word of prophecy. In other words, Peter says that's great and it's wonderful that we saw it, but you don't know what I saw. My testimony is not necessarily what you ought to hear. Read This is a more sure word of prophecy than standing on a mountain, hearing God's voice, and seeing the glorified Christ. Now let's examine four benefits of remembering. Let me get back to my message. I chased that rabbit. It's a good one. Four benefits of remembering. Are you with me? All right. Number one, remembering produces worship. Remembering produces worship of the Lord in the heart of a Christian. First Chronicles 16 12 says, remember his marvelous works which he has done, his wonders and the judgments of his hand. Psalms 8 3 says, when I consider your heavens and the work of your fingers, the moon and the stars which you have uh, ordained, O Lord our Lord, verse 9 says, O Excellent is your name in all the earth. When I recount, I should have put this in my notes, but if you read David many times in the Psalms, he begins to just list how good God is. And before long, he just explodes in wonder, love, and praise. That's the way Paul does many times. He's given doctrinal issues, which by the way ought to be exciting for every Christian. Doctrine is not a boring word. It's an exciting word. It's telling us what God said and what he means and what he wants us to know and do. But many times, Paul is preaching heavy doctrine. He gets thinking about things, and before long, he just explodes in worship, wonder, love, and praise. And when you remember and when you recount and when you review the blessedness that God has, the blessed things that God has done for you and in you and to you, it will cause you to worship. Worship and praise are actually verbal recountings of what we know that God has done and who he is. The hymnist got it right. We're going to sing this in a minute. The hymnist got it right. Listen. Oh, Lord, my God, when I in awesome wonder consider all the worlds thy hands have made. I see the star. I hear the rolling thunder. Thy power throughout the universe display. And then my favorite verse, which I don't know why they always skip this verse. you're going to do any verse of, of how great the Lord you need to do this verse it says and when I think that God his son not sparing sent him to die I scarce can take it in that on the cross my burden gladly bearing he bled and died to take away my sin then sings my soul, my Savior God, to thee. How great thou art, how great thou art. Then, then when I think, when I muse, when I consider, then sings my soul, my Savior. Let me tell you something, remembering, rehearsing, reading over and over again and hearing and considering the things of God. And when we come tonight to the table of the Lord, we will remember again, what God has done with and through His Son that we might have eternal life and be cleansed from our sin. So, number one, remembering helps you worship. Number two, remembering prevents wasting of your life. Young people, please listen to me. Teenagers, kids that can understand, young people. Now, I want everybody to listen to me, but some of us are up in. Your, some of us are 55 years old in the building. <laughs> and although we have many, hopefully many more years to burn for Jesus, most of our days are burned up. But you have your life ahead of you. Let me tell you what God said. Are you listening to me, teenagers? Young people, are you listening to me? don't listen to me, listen to God. Ecclesiastes 12, 1. Remember now, now thy creator in the days of your youth, before the difficult days come. Amen, Brother Joe, the difficult days come. And the years draw near when you say, I have no pleasure in them. It's easier to serve God when your back doesn't hurt and when you, you're weary and, and you don't have to have the medication and, and when, you, when, you, when you got young and you're fresh. That's when you ought to spend your hours for God. And so many times we waste our time as young people on ourselves, on ourselves, on ourselves. And we don't spend it taking in all of god we can and giving all we can for him number one this is a simple thing serve god because you should serve god because you should if you serve yourself through life at the end of your life guess what you're gonna get a self-reward you're only gonna get what you can give we have too many extracurricular activities in our life, athletics and too many, even education and hobbies and too much stuff to keep up with. And we get all these things. And and even as parents and grandparents, we want our kids to be good athletes. We want our kids to be good students. We want to get our kids to be successful in this secular life. And we forget the most important thing is that they will be living in eternity. And only what's done for Christ will last. I'm not saying these things are about I'm not. My kids played sport, my kids went to school and things. But I'll tell you, I was more concerned about their spiritual well-being and their spiritual life and their spiritual growth than the other things. And hey, listen, all these listen, school is wonderful, education wonderful. You can be a great missionary in the halls of your school, young people. You know why you go to Magnolia High School or the junior high or the, or the other schools or at Emerson, wherever you, you know why you're put there? God put you there to be a missionary, to spread the gospel and tell the old, old story. Not to learn math. Now you got to, sorry, that's not an excuse. You got to learn math. You know why you're on that ball team? You know why you're on that, in that uh, club? You know why? Because God put you there. That's right. He he, he doesn't mind you having fun, but he put you there. The reason you're around, all the people that you're around, it it is like that first phrase of that song is, God has sovereignly put you there. He does all things right, and he put you there to be a witness. Amen? Make the things of God the priority of your life. We're always saying, one day I will catch up. Then I'll be faithful to church when I get all these things behind me. And then I'll witness, I'll serve. Wouldn't it be very sad one day when you need God and you call out to God and wouldn't it be something if he was as available to you then as you are to him now? And you say, well, He's God. He's got to. Oh, really? Let's turn to Proverbs. Everybody get your copy of the Word of God, okay? Uh, You don't even have to put this one up there if you don't want to, hon. I want you to get the copy you have of the Word of God and turn to Proverbs chapter 1. Now, we see wisdom is the, it's an analogy of wisdom crying out. But what is wisdom? Wisdom is the word of God. It is God. We're not doing any mistake by putting God or Christ. The Bible says that Christ was made wisdom for us. But I want you to look at something, Proverbs one twenty four. Because I called and you refused, Proverbs one twenty four. I stretched out my hand, and you did not regard no one regarded because you disdained all my counsel and would not have and would have none of my rebuke. I also will laugh at your calamity, I will mock when your terror comes, when your terror comes like a whirlwind, Uh, that's the actual word, uh, uh, and your destruction comes like a whirlwind, and when distress and anguish comes upon you, now listen, then they will call on me, but I will not answer. They will seek me diligently, but they will not find me, because they hated knowledge and did not choose the fear of the Lord. They would have none of my counsel and despised my ever rebuke. Therefore, they shall eat the fruit of their own way. You're going to get your own reward, and be filled full with their own fancies. For the turning away of the simple shall slay them, and the complacencies of fools shall destroy them. But whoever listens to me will dwell safely and will be secure without fear of evil. My friend, please hear me again. I say this all the time. God is not your good luck wish genie. He's not some lucky rabbit's foot you can rub when you need him. How dare you ignore him when things are good and all of a sudden you remember him when things are bad. None of us, none of us ever give God what he does not return in multiples. Amen. He is always a God that rewards when he shouldn't. When he shouldn't. What will we ever do for Jesus in comparison to the cross? Everything you do for God, he deserves it from you. And yet, it is his graciousness that says, I'm going to reward you like a father rewards a son or daughter that he is proud of. That's grace, amen? That's graciousness. I know I've used this illustration many times, but some of you are new, you had not heard. I'm gonna use again, I love this little illustration. The story's told of a, a man that went into a general store, maybe like an old time general store, and he took his young son with him and they went into the general store and the, and the, the store owner there which was the the clerk as well as the cashier and he was also the butcher you know you can just see him with that white apron on and he comes out and he greets the man and the man gets what he needs and he looks down at the little boy he said son would you like to have some candy and the little boy sheepishly kind of backs up to his dad and, and kind of nods his head he said alright son and they had him in big remember when they used to have the candle in the in little five gallon barrels or sometimes little beagle barrels. And he had a, a, a barrel full of candy. He said, son, reach your hand in there and get all the candy you want. Just reach in there and get it. And the boy sheepishly backs up again and he refuses to do it. I don't know, out of, uh, of respect and, and, and not wanting to get something he didn't deserve. I don't know, but he, he didn't do it. And, and the man said, I mean it, son. You can have Get, get your hand full. And so the, the store owner said, look, son, look here. And he grabbed his shirt and he pulled it up kind of like this. He pulled his shirt up. He said, grab your shirt. Grab your shirt there. And he grabbed his shirt. And the store owner reached in. He got a big old hand, couple of handfuls of candy. And he put it in his shirt. And off they went. And outside the door, the dad looked down to the son and said, son, the man told you you could have some candy. Why didn't you get some? And he said, his hands are bigger than mine, daddy. <laughs> I'm going to tell you, God's hands are much bigger than ours, isn't it? And that's the way he rewards, even though we don't deserve it. So, why not spend your life living for him? Make him the number one priority in wh- the way you sleep, and the way you eat, and the way you work, and the way you play, and the way you read, and the way you look, and the way you walk. Jesus first in everything. Serve God because you should, and serve God while you could. I, can didn't rhyme with should so but sure, you ought to be serving God while you can use your energies for God Almighty amen anyway I'm gonna go on number three remembering prevents worry over your life remembering prevents worrying over your life and I preached the whole sermon on this last week so maybe I won't go uh, Stay on this subject a lot, but I want to give you a few things. Mark eight seventeen says, But Jesus, being aware of it, said to them, Why do you reason because you have no bread? Why are you concerned because things get tight? Do you not yet perceive nor understand? Is your heart still hardened? Having eyes do you not see And having ears do you not hear And do you not remember When I broke the five loaves For the five thousand How many baskets full of fragments Did you take up They said to him twelve Then why in the world Are you worried now How many of you are here And you're over sixty five years old And you're willing to admit it raise your hand high, raise it high, proud of it, amen, that's something the Bible calls gray hair a crown of gray, amen, that's right, mine's just kind of a diadem right now, it's just right there, but uh, or not a diadem, a wreath, anyway, all these hands, now I'm going to preach to you just a little bit, I preach to the young people and I'm going to preach to you, uh oh, here you are in your golden age or are getting there close. Some of you are. If I'd have said, how many here are over 80? We'd have had several hands come up. Praise God. Amen. And some of you still get worried when things get tight. After all these years, we still doubt God. What is wrong with us? i tell you what's wrong. We have a flesh. Amen. Quit worrying. Pray, as we said last week, and I talked about that. If you need to know how to handle worry in your life, get last two weeks ago, two sermons two weeks ago on Be Anxious for Nothing. But I want to tell you, if you will take the word of God and if you will read it and believe it and study it and rehearse, go read about the feeding of the 5,000, actually 20,000. There was 5,000 men plus women and children, about 20,000 or so people. Look at all that God did, how he provided, how Christ provided, how God provided. This is what God said. David proclaimed of God. It's true for me and you. I've never seen the righteous nor a seed bet, never seen the righteous forsaken nor a seed Begging for bread. Do you believe that? Do you believe that? I'd say amen if you believe that. Let me go a different way. Yes. We believe that. You should believe it. Remembering prevents wasting your life. Remembering prevents worry over your life. Remembering produces worship, as we said first, but lastly, memory provides a way for eternal life. And I don't mean remembering saves you, Basically, I'm talking about assurance. Look at verse, let me get over here. Look at verse 10. Look at verse 10 in our text here. Therefore, brethren, be even more diligent to make your call and election sure. For if you do these things, you will never stumble, for so an entrance will be supplied to you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. Now what do those mean? Very quickly, just a little bit here. What does that mean, make your calling and election sure? I think it means what it says. Make sure you're saved. Or make it steadfast by remembering. By, look what he says. Make your colleagues sure, for if you do these things, you will never stumble. For so an interest will be supplied to you abundantly. I think it's talking about assurance in these things. The Bible says, examine yourself to see if you be in the faith. You say, Brother Ron, I, I know I'm in the faith. I've trusted Jesus. Well, good. Why don't you think about that? Why don't you muse on that? Why don't you meditate on it? And why don't you be broken over time and time again and praise God, for remembering what God has done for you and how that heaven is your home and hell has no hold on you anymore. Remember the gospel message. 2 Timothy 2, 7 says, Consider what I say, and may the Lord give you understanding in all things. Remember that Jesus Christ of the seed of David was raised from the dead according to my gospel. Remember that. And doesn't just mean to three. Remember And hey, listen, some of you need to learn to shout. Some of you need to learn to weep. Some of you need to learn to express. Listen, you go to a ball game, you'll do it. You'll show your emotions and your excitement. I don't know where it is that we, we think that we go to church and you got to be quiet and you can't show your emotions and you can't say hallelujah. Now, I understand you can get focused on that and it becomes distracting. I know, I'm not asking you to jump pews and swing from chandeliers. Not in here. <laughs> I, I'm not asking that. But I tell you, I'm tired. I'm tired of dry-eyed singing. I'm tired uh, of, of uninspired service. When you consider what God has done for you, if it doesn't move you, we can watch. We can watch a commercial about neglected dogs, and the waterworks just come on. But no. longer... Or do we weep when we recount the cross of Jesus Christ. That years we spent in vanity and pride caring not the Lord was crucified knowing not it was for me he died. We were in a state but then by God's word my sin I learned and it was then I trembled at the law that I had spurned until my guilty soul imploring turn to Calvary mercy there was great and his grace was free you remember pardon there was multiplied to me and there my burdened soul found liberty at Calvary they don't move us anymore we come into the place and I try my best to to get you to forget about what's out there doesn't matter God's going to figure all that out amen life he's got it he's got it but you come in here and let's forget about it and worship God and consider God and muse on God and think on God and remember him and then go out there and remember him and remember the things of God and remember that old story. I love, I'm going to do it. I love to tell the story for those who know it best. They seem hungering and thirsting to hear it like the rest. And wouldn't It'll just be the old, old story that I've loved so long. I forgot. We go on camera here. It'll just be the old, old story that we've loved so long. Remember God's warning. Remember God's warning Luke 16:22 so it was that the beggar died and was carried by the angels to Abraham's bosom the rich man also died and was buried and being in torments in hell he lifted up his eyes and saw Abraham afar off Lazarus in his bosom then he cried and said father Abraham have mercy on me and send Lazarus that he may dip his tip of his finger in in water and cool my tongue for I am tormented in this flame but Abraham said son remember in your lifetime you received your good things likewise Lazarus evil things but now he is comforted and you are tormented you need to remember this that God says that those who turn away from the gospel of Jesus Christ will spend an eternity in a literal hell you say I don't believe in hell then you can't believe in heaven I don't believe that a loving God would judge anybody foolish you're foolish and I see books here of late and, and here are things that people say well the Bible doesn't really mean that there's really no hell uh, love wins in the end or whatever that book is that's been a little bit back uh, but anyway uh, there's no hell there's no judgment and God everybody's going to save universalism and stuff let me tell you something if I believed that I would throw this book away and I'd go live any way I wanted to because if it's not right in one part it's not right in any part But I'm going to be like the old blessed preacher that said, I believe it from cover to cover because even the cover says, Holy Bible. And if God warns, you better heed the warning. But lastly, lastly, and I know this is disappointing. Amen. We're having a good time today. Remember God's promise. Remember God's promise. Let me read you two verses. I love these verses. Listen. You have the message. Hebrews 8, 12 says, For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness, and their sins and their lawless deeds I will remember no more. Remember that God doesn't remember your sin. Isaiah 43, 25, I, even I, am he who blots out your transgressions for my own sake, and I will not remember your sins. (laughs) If that don't make you at least crack a smile, something wrong with you, amen? He doesn't remember your sins against you anymore, and you ought to remember that. You know the song I love? You ask me why I'm happy? Well, I'll just tell you why because my sins are gone. And when I meet the scoffers who ask me where they are, I'll say, my sins are gone. They're underneath the blood of the cross of Calvary, as far removed as darkness is from dawn, in the sea of God's forgetfulness. That's good enough for me. Praise God, my sins are gone. Yeah, remember that. Let's remember. Let's fill our hearts and our mind, and you can't do that outside of getting in this blessed book. Coming to church and being around the people of God, hearing the preaching of God, singing the hymns of God, we strive very urgently, very, very, uh, uh, we strive very much to make sure the hymns and the songs we sing are are, are solid, gospel, doctrine-driven songs so that you might remember truth and the blessedness of Jesus Christ.